We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, which is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update, your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KCSN. It's the headlines, rumors, stories, and stats people are talking about to get you through the day and caught up with all things Chiefs. Different guests each week with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, proudly presented by DraftKings, begins now. Welcome, everybody, to KCSN Update. I'm not BJ Kissel. He is currently on the road with Tucker D. Franklin, and they are on their way to Las Vegas to cover the East-West Shrine game. Uh, A bunch of us from KCSN will be joining them shortly. But I got to say, I appreciate you guys for stopping in, spending a little bit of your day here with me as we go through this uh, Kansas City Sports Network podcast show, spending some time with me today. Uh, Here soon, I'm going to be joined by... The prince of YouTube himself, the supreme ruler of film breakdowns on YouTube, Brett Coleman. He will be joining me here in just a couple minutes to break down the Chiefs and the Bengals game and see how he, you know, might or might not upset Chiefs fans this week with some of his uh, high-level scheme talk that he has about this game. But first, we got a message from DraftKings. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly? What? Not a new customer? You can feel the conference championship thrills with stepped-up same-game parlays. Take your shot at an even bigger NFL payout and boost your winnings with each leg and add up to 100%. Like, we're all Chiefs fans here. We know the Chiefs are underdogs going up against the Bengals this week. Well, guess what? In the last five games, the Chiefs have been an underdog. They are three and two. This season, they did lose to Buffalo as an underdog, but they also completely took it to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, it's just something to put in the back of your mind here as the Chiefs have now climbed themselves back to only a one-point dog in this game with the Bengals. So you got a good feeling on this game? You want to bet the Chiefs or the Bengals if you're into that sort of thing? You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code KCSN. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championship games and get 200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. So see the show notes for details. 
All right. And now we're joined by Brett Coleman. And I, I've been told that I have to do it like this. Brett, you are the overlord, the complete ruler of YouTube oh, NFL film content <laughs> breakdown. So you can find him. Make sure you guys follow and check out all of Brett's stuff. We appreciate having you. But uh, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, I, I am not the overlord, but I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Um, I just want to reassure Chiefs fans before we get this started. I have picked you guys to win in virtually every single game. And last week, I picked you to beat the Jags, and I picked the Jags to cover, and that's exactly what happened, okay? Calm down. We're friends here. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know, we're about to get into it, but I've, I've seen some of the stuff come down on Twitter. I don't know if they're going to find you as friendly as you think here once we get done here, Ben. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, I think, like, the one regular season game I picked them to not win was against the Bengals, right? Because the yeah. Bengals just... It's not even a, oh, they have our number thing. Like, they're a legitimately tough matchup personnel-wise and, and scheme-wise yeah. for the Chiefs. It's like, it's like the one team in the league where you're like, yeah. ah, I don't know about this. And it's one thing to have a healthy Pat. If there was a healthy Pat, I would I would probably slam dunk the Chiefs here just because he's the MVP. He's the clear MVP. He's been the best quarterback in the league. This whole narrative of like, oh, if Joe Burrow beats him a fourth time, that means Joe's number one. Bullshit. No, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. Pass number one, right? But the reality is he's not healthy. And this is already a really tough team to beat. And they already have some pretty significant both, you know, matchups that we see on tape and matchups that the numbers back up. So this was already going to be a really hard game. It's even harder when your quarterback, you know, can barely get wide enough to to hand off the ball in outside zone, right? So um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. And so, like, I don't even want to, I guess, go too far down the road of what is an injured Mahomes going to look like? How's that going to impact them? Because with none of us sitting here right now have any idea how well or not well at all he's going to be able to move. Um, so just, I don't want to get too specific, but in the grand scheme, how much do you think the Chiefs are going to have to change a little bit of their offensive game planning or structure to make up for what we have to assume is going to be some lack of mobility for him in this game? It's fascinating because I don't think they're actually going to change the structure that much the thing that you lose is the play after the play right because Mahomes has been under pressure a lot this year like in terms of Brown and Wiley it's it's been better as of late but they're still two of the top seven uh, offensive linemen and two of the top four tackles in terms of pressure given up and even if we just want to go on just pressure given up percentages not just raw totals because the Chiefs throw so much they're still pretty high up in pressure percentage allowed but Pat was very low in sacks taken. It's one of the big reasons why I think he's the obvious clear MVP is because he's under pressure so much, but he doesn't take a lot of sacks. He either gets the ball out quick or he uses that mobility to escape and make something happen on the run because the Chiefs scramble drill is the most impossible to play to stop the entire, you know, entire NFL. When you take away that, it's not necessarily the structure of the offense that they are calling. It's it's the extra stuff that Pat can do with his legs. It's the escapability. It's the minimizing sacks. It's the getting chunk plays on the run. When you take that out of the equation, I get really worried because that's that's kind of what they rely, not rely on, but it's their ace in the hole in like a lot of third down situations, right? Um, and I, I, what I fear is that the drive that we saw with Chad Henney you know, which was a 12-play, 98-yard drive. It worked, but his average depth of target was 3.7 yards. And I worry that if Pat can't move, 
and there's not a significant receiving threat outside of Travis Kelsey um, against a very good Bengals secondary. I worry that that's what we're going to be reduced to here, right? Is Isaiah Pacheco and and uh, and an immobile pad against the world. It can work, but every drive is going to have to be 10 or 11 plays. And that's really hard to hit time after time after time against an already very good defense. So it's not that they have to call the offense differently. It's that the magic that Mahomes creates to cover for when those plays don't work might be gone. For sure. And I'm 100% with you there. I think Mahomes' mobility and health, it's all about not, like you said, not relying on it, but the fact that it is always there. You know, it's always, uh, you know, uh, plan B. It's always an option that's going to be available on any given play. And that simply might not be there this week when the Chiefs go to take on the Bengals. And that's that's something worth keeping an eye on. I, I did want to ask you this, though. It seems like the Bengals in particular are very good against the Chiefs and Mahomes when he does go into the, you know, the, the second half of the play, when he gets into the play after the play. It seems like that's when the Bengals really do their best work against the Chiefs. They have a lot of good options in terms of having aggressive QB spies, having a lot of guys in coverage with eyes on him. Like they've done a really good job late in plays against them. Is there some way that this kind of, I don't want to say helps the Chiefs because it's never going to be better for Mahomes to be injured, but having an emphasis on getting the ball out quick and within the structure of the play, could you see that at least early in the game, helping the Chiefs a little bit and staying a little bit more on time throughout the game? Yeah, you know, to go back to your point about uh, the Bengals are very good against the second phase play. I think it's because they're one of the few defenses that I truly think thinks understands well how it works in the sense that when pass going to the sideline, Travis Kelsey's not on the sideline. Travis Kelsey's going to the middle of the field, right? And so they have a deep respect for the fact that Mahomes can throw it to any spot from any angle. And so they plaster guys and follow them to the middle of the field and take that option away and so if we're if we're allowing Mahomes to run for seven yards fine we'll allow Mahomes to run for seven yards it's better than 20 yards to Travis right and so I think that's what they do it's it's not that they take the play away it's that they limit the damage and they say next time we'll just get the sack and and they don't get punished too hard for missing when he escapes, they they keep the damage and the punishment to a minimum. And they say, we'll get those seven yards back the next time when we get the sack. Right. Um, I think a lot of defenses, they just they over pursue on Mahomes. And that's what he wants. He wants you to over pursue on him because he's looking 15 yards, freaking opposite hash, doing weird superhuman throws to Travis that people don't think is possible. And it's like it's been five years, guys. Of course, it's possible. It is every week. So I think the Bengals are very well prepared in that way and um you know without him being able to move maybe we won't even see that at all but if he does like if we if we give him a shot of the good stuff and he's out there running because he can't feel anything the Bengals will be prepared for that no absolutely and and you mentioned here at the top here that the Bengals are just kind of a, a bad matchup for the Chiefs personnel wise probably going into their scheme and so specifically looking at the Chiefs offense versus the Bengals defense what are kind of some of the things that they do outside of you know what we're just talking about here that makes them a bad matchup for the Chiefs, Chiefs team in your opinion it's fascinating because you know the, the Bengals play a lot of nickel right um and if we look at, at how their defense is structured, they don't really lean into any one thing too much. It's a very balanced defense. 
between middle field close and middle field open structures. When we're middle field open, it's it's cover two, it's quarters, it's quarter quarter half. They'll throw some two man in there. Like they don't, they're not easy to game plan for because you never know exactly what you're going to get. But you do know that what you're going to get is probably going to be coming from nickel. And so the real test that a lot of teams have going up against the Bengals is how do we run against nickel when DJ reader is better than all our dudes? The one advantage the chiefs have is that they have an interior defense or interior offensive line that is as good, arguably better than DJ reader. So they actually have a unique advantage in that way. And that I think they can actually make some hay against nickel. Um, especially if they're trying to run all the quarters and cover two stuff because they have Creed, they have Trey, like they have guys that can actually match up talent for talent there. And so if you can do that, if you could just get a good scoop block on arguably the best nose tackle in the league, and then you get Creed up to the second level to pick off a linebacker, we'll take the six yards because if we can do that 10 times and keep, you know, Mahomes in a third and four instead of a third and seven, all of a sudden that makes life a lot easier, Right. So I think that the Chiefs do have a unique, I wouldn't even call it advantage. It's just they, they're they preventing the Bengals' advantage of DJ Reader from impacting them too much because they can match blow for blow on the interior. I think that Isaiah Pacheco is going to be the key to this game simply because of that. Because I don't, I don't want to have to throw too much. I would rather give that kid 20 carries because he's a freaking psychopath and let him dictate whether we live or die. For sure. And their first matchup, uh, Pacheco had 14 carries for 66 yards, so averaged four, over four and a half carries per run. As a team, the Chiefs averaged over five yards per carry in that game, so they were able to run the ball semi-well, or one of their better you know, uh, efficiency outputs on the ground all season was against the Bengals, and a lot of that's going to go into Cincinnati's desire to play in the nickel and the Chiefs were able to lean into it. So do you, you're kind of talking about there, do you anticipate them leaning on that run game again a little bit more? And is there any particular types of run plays that you think the Chiefs could have success on against this Bengals defense? A lot of it depends on on what, um, what Mahomes' pain level is. When I was live streaming during that last game, as soon as he went down and then he came back into the game, I was like, well, you can't call outside zone because the, the they said that. Has- they they called it like four more times. It's like, are you insane? But he did it. He was hopping on one leg to get out there, but he did it. I was like, oh my God, that's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen him do, which I know it's it's stupid. It's like, uh, how is a handoff one of the most impressive things Mahomes has ever done? I, I wish people understood how hard that is to do on one leg, to, to execute an outside zone run from under center when you're literally hopping to the landmark you need to get to. That is... He's unbelievable. Okay. Uh, and so I think like if you if you're giving him a pain shot before the game, outside zone's probably back on the table because they did it when it when he was when he was hurt, right? Um, and that's pretty key here because I think that outside zone will give them because it doesn't uh it, it hits a little bit slower. Um, it'll give them a little bit more time for Creed and for Trey to work on reader and get Trey in a good spot and then get Creed in a good spot where he can kind of track down the mic and get on the second level. If we're doing stuff that hits really hard or or really fast, I should say, like if we're running hard and fast right up the gut, if we're doing like zone insert or or, or anything like that, or running duo, that I would rather not do because the double has to come off quicker. 
And I think that they're going to need as much time as possible to work on reader and generate movement there. So I would actually lean more on the outside zone. I would lean more on the toss. I would lean more on the even counter, I would say, because you have you have a center that I think can adequately, if not more than adequately, pin reader on the backside of counter. I would lean into that stuff and try to get Pacheco to the edge rather than going up the middle just because of the the, the timing and the angles, I think, favor them a little bit better. And if your quarterback is healthy enough to do it, they're very good at it. For sure. And a, a little, you know, thing I think has gone under the radar, the Chiefs will get Joe Tooney back for this matchup. They didn't have him the first time these two teams played. Um, it was Nick Allegretti stepping in at left guard for him. So not, I don't know if it'll make a huge difference, but there's obviously a gap there too between Tooney and Allegretti. So that's worth keeping an eye on. So we talked a little bit about what the Chiefs can do here to have success against this Bengals defense. It's been good against them. What do you expect the Bengals defense to try to do to slow down this Chiefs team? Or what have you seen them do in the past that you think they'll continue to do during uh, this matchup? I think it's possible that if the Chiefs demonstrate rushing success early, which I think they will, um, I think it's possible that that you kind of get them out of the quarters stuff. And I think they would be playing quarters because they, they want to stop, you know, all the deep crossing routes and, and you know, I think that they're really they're really only scared of MVS deep, right? In my opinion, they're only scared of MVS deep. So if you can get them out of quarters and force them to drop down one of those safeties, um, I think that that can all of a sudden open up a lot more stuff for Travis, for MVS. You know, God, dare I say Kadarius Tony? Like we haven't seen them take too many shots to him down the field, but he does have wheels and he does have ball skills. I think they could do it. Um, I would like to see them establish the run as cliche as this sounds very early, just to dictate what coverages the Bengals can even play. Right. Cause once you can dictate their coverages, I think that, you know, one leg or not Mahomes can, can run wild with that. Like he's still, he's still that dude, but that's keys. You, you get Pacheco 10 carries in the first half. And I think you're in a good spot. So yeah, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, is there anything else that kind of with the chiefs offense versus the Bengals defense that you think, uh, that you really wanted to highlight here or that you think is going to play a big role in this game, any key matchups or anything like that? Uh, Travis Kelsey versus the world. Like I, I this Bengals yep. secondary is great. This Bengals secondary is awesome. Um, nobody's covering Travis Kelsey. I'm sorry. Like <laughs> I think it became very clear this year because every, not everybody i certainly was not one of these people but there were a lot of people that were like oh tyree kill's gone you know now now we're going to see what happens when kelsey has to be the true number one and in my head i was like kelsey all already was the number one he always was the number one like this changes nothing for me <laughs> and he arguably had a, his best year ever you know because there is no human on this planet that can actually cover him so I, I think that that's a that's a matchup that will always favor the Chiefs, regardless of who they're playing against. He's one of the best tight ends I've ever seen in my life, inarguably top three all time. They got they got no answer. So if we can, again, get Pacheco going, force them into a little bit more like middle field closed man coverage looks cover one, all that kind of stuff, force them into that. They're not stopping Travis on that. Like anytime you get any sort of man look, I'm I'm dialing up Travis. If he gets 14 catches again this game, we're in a good spot. That's how I look at it.
And so speaking of Travis Kelsey, it looks like Dax Hill has kind of taken over their, their tight end man coverage role for the Bengals. Uh, it looks like that's been the matchup they've been going with here lately. And he's a rookie, very talented player coming out of Michigan. But I'm just really interested to see how that matchup goes with Kelsey versus Hill. I mean, the last three matchups, Kelsey's gone for 95 yards, only 25 yards, and then 56 yards against the Bengals. And so they're clearly trying to take him away. But as, as you said, Brett, it's just it's really difficult to do. And I don't know if they have a great answer on their on their roster. Also, I mean, keep in mind, Dax Hill, amazing player. Loved him coming out. Um, honestly, thought there was a decent chance the Chiefs were going to draft him because I felt like he he kind of fit the the Tyron Matthew mold, right? A little bit of a do-it-all type guy, can play in the post, can play in the box, blitz, play in the slot, all that stuff. We have to be honest here. 60195 against 656260 something. Like I don't care how fast or quick you are, boxing has weight classes for a reason, right? So I I still would favor like Dax is a wonderful player. I am not favoring anybody on this team or really anybody in the league against Travis. And the only one who I think is at least somewhat equal in terms of like talent that can, that can maybe take him is probably Derwin. And that's about it. And as far as I'm concerned, the Bengals don't have their own Derwin James. So yeah, throw it to Travis as many times as humanly possible. And you're probably gonna do okay. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain, educate, inform KC Sports Network. And especially coming off the fumble in that regular season matchup, he's been beating himself up over that. He's been very open about it. So yeah, I think it's a big Travis Kelsey game for this Chiefs offense. Uh, but now I, I think it's time. We got to flip over to the other side of the ball, the side of the ball that Chiefs fans I know are dreading to hear what's about to come. I mean, just, all right, here it is. Chiefs have to defend Joe Burrow. Where do they start? Just where do you start trying to defend Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals offense? Uh, 
is it weird that my answer is you don't you you start with Joe Mixon and Samaj P Ryan. Oh, okay. And 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 that's what happened last game. I feel like people forget what actually happened in in week uh I think it was week 13, right? Was when that first game happened. Yes. When when you watch that game, Joe Mixon wasn't even in. And it was Samaj P Ryan, Samaj P Ryan, Samaj P Ryan, 20 carries, 100 100 plus yards, over 5 yards a pop. They were hyper efficient. They they completely beat them up between the tackles, and it was mostly with split zone, inside zone, a little bit of outside zone. Right. We look at what the Bengals did to the Bills last week when Daquan when Daquan Jones was announced as out. I was already thinking the Bengals are going to win because the Bills were already really bad <laughs> against both inside zone and outside zone. Against outside zone specifically, their average depth of tackle. The Buffalo Bills defense was 5.4 yards leading up to that game is really bad. And that was before losing their best interior run defender. And so I knew that that was going to be a run heavy game. And it was. They just got everything they wanted on the ground. And my worst fear for a, a Bengals Chiefs rematch is that they won't be prepared for the same thing to happen to them. Because when you look at 11 personnel, inside zone runs since week 10 and inside zone from 11 personnel is literally like the most common run that, that the Bengals use. The chiefs have allowed 4.8 yards per carry on those runs in the last three months against duo, which is very similar to inside zone. It just hits slightly differently. They allowed 5.7 yards per carry. So the interior defensive line is a problem just like Buffalo's in the week 13 game specifically. They allowed six yards per carry right inside zone, 6.4 on duo. And it has not gotten better since then. So before we even get to what do you do about Joe Burrow? What do you do about Mahomes being on one leg? What do you do about Lou and Arumo? What do you do about the run game? <laughs> like that's what that's what made them lose the first time. And it's still a problem. Like 60% of the offensive line for the Bengals being out or not, they kicked the crap out of out of the Bills up front. And I, that's what you got to fix. Like if you can stop the run, okay, fine. Like I, I think the, the chiefs passing defense has a massive advantage because those guards can't block Chris Jones and you got some young edges. I like, you got some young DBs. I like pass defense. Ain't the problem. It's can you stop the run? That's where we got to start here. Well, and just, Speaking purely about the Bengals run game, so against the Chiefs in that first matchup, uh, P. Ryan averaged five yards per carry. His longest run was only 10 yards. So that's a lot of just good runs. Now, no negative runs, just a lot of good, solid runs. And then you go look at the Bengals versus the Bills. Joe Mixon had 105 yards, over five yards per carry. Longest run, only 16 yards. So it's not like it's one big run, and then they're just getting a bunch of small two, three-yard gains after it to look good. No. They're getting chunk plays, just chunk play after chunk play the whole time. And specifically to your point, I'm watching the Chiefs all year long, there's one thing that absolutely kills the running. Obviously, they're not good versus inside zone. They're not good versus most runs. But when you want to go with a gap scheme run, and very specifically, you want to get a somebody up on a linebacker and just go straight downhill, get somebody up on a linebacker, the Chiefs really struggle. Their linebackers mm -hmm. are not particularly good. I'll take that back. Their Mike linebacker is not particularly good about stepping in and filling a gap 
and taking on a block there. He Nick Bolton is very good at chasing stuff down in pursuit. He's very good at slipping blocks. But if you want to run directly at him, like you're going to do on some duo plays where you're going to make him the read guy, you can really get him to give up space and try to make contact at five yards. He is completely okay and willing to do that. And the Bengals took advantage of that over and over again in that first matchup. And so if you're the Chiefs, is there anything that you can think of schematically that they can do to help out their run defense without just simply saying, hey, go tackle better or hey, go win the point of attack better this game around? Uh, blitz. Fire zone, fire zone, fire zone, fire zone. Like I'm bringing extra bodies, you know, whether it's Legarius to give us an extra guy coming off the edge so that we feel comfortable about shooting gaps and not try to take on blocks because we can't do that. Can't take on those doubles. Not going to work, right? Can't give space, like you said. So bring Legarius off the edge and play a 3-3 fire zone on the back. You know, play the run on the way to the quarterback is how I would do it. It would be a massive tendency breaker for Spagnuolo because this defense is literally last in uh, middle field closed zone coverages, whether cover three or fire zone. Like if we're just talking about cover three in general and we say like, okay, let's just, let's just try to one gap this and shoot gaps and play cover three behind it. They play cover three, like 16% of the time. They're 32nd in the league, literally. So this would be a massive tendency breaker for them. But I think it's necessary because you have to get downhill and you can't get downhill from quarters. You can't get downhill from cover two, at least not unless you're doing, um, like a four, three under like a, you know, early two thousands Tampa Bay type thing, but they don't, they don't really do that. Right. So I would say play cover three, one gap it, be aggressive, call blit, call early down fire zone as much as you possibly can. Just get bodies back there. Cause if you let them get rolling and you try to take on these double teams up front, you're gonna, you're gonna be in for a bad time. I'm not going to say you're going to lose, but <laughs> it's going to hurt really, really bad. So, yeah, I'd, I'd blitz. Play the play the run on the way to the quarterback. Okay, so before we get going to the pass too much in the quarterback stuff, because we do got to talk about Burrow and Chase, let's, the, the Bengals' offensive line, they had a lot of backups playing against the Buffalo Bills, and you would have assumed an offensive line unit that has not necessarily been a strength for the past two seasons for the Bengals all of a sudden comes out and is dominant with a bunch of you know backup players stepping in and playing phenomenal for him, and they just completely steamrolled the Bills' defensive line. Do you think that that is kind of like a sign of what this Bengals' offensive line can be, or do you think it's more of uh, just a culmination of weather and the Bills? We mentioned a couple of the injuries they've had. Like, How do you rate what the Bengals' offensive line was able to do in that game versus what you would expect this week? Oh, it was a 10 out of 10, and I think, I think the play calling complimented them because – the the five they have out there right now, if we ask them to pass protect on third and nine, it's a lot different than saying, hey, go lean on some people and, and run the ball on first and 10. And they did a phenomenal job of keeping themselves out of third and long. And a lot of their third downs was third and one, third and two, third and four, all that kind of stuff. You know, where if we're pass protecting, it's on it's on quick game anyway, and Burrow's getting the ball out in 2.5 seconds. So the pass protection disadvantage did not show up as much. The key for the Chiefs, and this is a big reason why I want them to blitz so much, is if we could just get a tackle for loss, you know, even if we give up six on first down, if we can get a tackle for loss on three or for three yards on second down because we brought pressure and we caught the run at a good angle, that gives us a third and seven we need, right? So I think if you if you wait for a quick death or, or wait for a slow death, they're going to give it to you. 
So you have to take the fight to them to give yourself a better chance of getting into those third and longs to give Chris Jones a chance to work on these backups, right? You have to match their physicality with your own aggression or it's it's just going to be third and four over and over again, and then you won't get to take advantage of that backup offensive line. So, nope. like, they did a good job game planning, and the Bills did a horrible job adjusting. Oh, 100%. And so that takes us into our next point. Um, Joe Burrow, this Cincinnati Bengals offense passing attack, they, they've been very good. They get the ball out very quick. I believe it was 2.5 seconds was what Burrow's time to throw was versus the Bills. Like, the ball's coming out quick. This offense is humming right now. The passing game, the running game, it's all working. Let's say the Chiefs can go out here and they can stop the run a little bit. This defensive line takes over. They call a couple of these blitzes at the right time. They get the Bengals into second and third and long. You still got to now go stop Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Hayden Hurst, or Tyler Higby, depends on who you're talking to, and you have to figure out how to stop them. So what do the Bengals do so well in their passing game right now to where they are constantly able to just move the sticks and sustain drives? A uh, big thing they did is moving Jamar around. Um, you know, going into that game, I thought we were going to see a lot of the normal trip stuff that we do see from them with Jamar as the isolated X backside. Um, and they didn't do that. They, they didn't do that. They actually put him in the slot quite a bit to start the game, um, which was very, very unexpected for me because I thought they were going to try to, you know, see if they played quarters into it and then take advantage of the one-on-ones backside. And they're like, nope, we're going to put him in the slot. He's going to run option routes. Um, you know, he's going to run the seven on sale. You know, we're going to we're, we're going to get him going on like shallow crosses. Like they were just creating opportunities for him that were not one on one vertical balls. And, and that was something unexpected. And I think that it's something the Chiefs have to be ready for. Right. Because if they're going in and they're calling a certain coverage call, um, you know, based on you know, let's say they're calling quarter, quarter, half, which they call it's like a 9% call for them. So it's a decent amount. And they're calling quarter, quarter, half so that we get the half field safety on the isolated receiver backside, right? So it's like, oh, we're going to play a cloud corner over here because we think it's going to be Jamar. Well, what happens if Tyler Boyd is the isolated receiver? And then all of a sudden Jamar is in the slot and then we're playing quarters to that side and that that safety has to carry Jamar one-on-one vertical deep down the field on a post that's i don't like that so like the, the chiefs have to be very cognizant of where chase is because they will move him and they they need to constantly be adjusting coverage to not give him those one-on-one matchups vertical because i think they're going to do everything they can to try to force those one-on-one matchups vertical against a variety of guys not just whoever the corner is on the boundary side against everybody the nickel safeties field side corner everybody's got to be ready uh and wherever he is we're playing cover two <laughs> that's what we're doing playing cover two at all times you're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in kansas city kc sports network we'll be back right after this it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. And so this is, I don't know, nobody has like this perfect plan to stop Joe Burrow and the Bengals passing attack right now. But what I have seen is teams that have success, it kind of comes two ways. One, your pass rush just takes over and completely steamrolls them. Burrow maybe holds on the ball a little too long and they just under pressure all the time. But I don't know if you can necessarily go into the game plan expecting that. So the other thing, and this is something the Ravens were able to do a little bit, you're just constantly changing your coverage looks pre and post snap. It cannot look the same pre and post snap because Joe Burrow is so smart. He is going to identify it. He's going to find the best place to go, get the ball out again in 2.5 seconds, and it's pitch and catch for them. So the Chiefs will have to do a good job of mixing in coverage looks, not only on a play-by-play basis, but pre-snap and post-snap. And that's something under Steve Spagnuolo they've done in the past. This year, though, it hasn't been as prevalent. Um, I think with all the rookie defensive backs, that hasn't been there. But I really think that's something they're going to have to get back into doing in this game if they want to slow them down. It's one thing when you got Charvarius and Tyron and Thornhill and those guys, and you know, Dirty Dan, you're, and you got all these guys that have played three years plus together, right? And everybody knows everything about each other. Everybody knows all the coverages. Like you can install really wacky stuff. Um, it, it, it's different when, what, there's four rookies in the secondary right now? Yeah, the four guys that'll play. And then you have Justin Reed just coming over this year. So a lot of new bodies. And so you can't, you can't quite do the same amount of weird, wacky rotations like we we were used to seeing from them, at least after the first year of Spags, right? Um, it was really the second year of Spags where we started to see that. And and so that's that's gone, but I would like to see them at least do it a few times. Like get something installed uh, this week that all these guys where it's like, hey, if we see a three by one, and it, as long as it's not Jamar in insert spot right if, if jamar is in insert spot screw it we'll get out of it we'll play like you know either like a, some kind of tent coverage or one double like whatever our panic button coverage is right but if we get a good look we're gonna call this everybody knows what it is and we're gonna do one of those crazy rotations just to get joe to hold the ball that's all we need we need his eyes just to try to like glance a little bit to try to figure out what it is make him hold it for an extra 0.3 seconds because if he's holding it for 2.7 and not 2.4, Chris Jones actually has a shot. But you have to get him to hold it just a little bit longer and read it out. Uh, or as you said, it's it's going to be long gone by the time the pass rush gets there. No, absolutely. Um, so, all right, here it is. Before is. I'm going to open it up to you. Is there anything else on this Chiefs defense, Bengals offense that you think is going to be a key matchup, whether it's player versus player, another scheme thing that we haven't touched on? What What's still out there that we haven't talked about yet that you think is going to play a big role in this one? Um, I would say all these edge rushers against, um, you know, a, a backup left tackle. And I think it's Jackson Carmen who who played it last week, and yeah. I'm pretty sure he's going to be playing it again. He was he started out as a tackle coming out of Clemson, and they converted him to guard. Now he's back at tackle. Um, I I do think that in terms of he's got power to him, 
but I do think in terms of uh, like if you get him into a third and long, I think his feet can get a little bit wild in his past set from the last time I watched him at tackle. And uh, I think that inside counter moves are something that you can you can try to work on there just because I think that he he sometimes tries to I don't want to say panic. He sometimes gets a little bit too overeager to get to his landmarks because the last thing he wants to do is give up outside speed. And so he'll kind of give you a little bit of a lane. And I don't think that his post step inside for recovery is is that developed right now. Right. So all these edge rushers doesn't even matter who it is. I would like to see them kind of set it up with a speed rush, try to see if we can get him to, to set as deep as possible and then work on the inside shoulder um, because with the way that Burrow drops, he doesn't tend to drop that deep. He kind of, you know, he doesn't really do like a three-step and then step up. A lot of the times in, in long yardage situations, he likes the pocket to just kind of fold around him. Very Tom Brady-ish, right? So he'll do like a one-step thing. So he's already going to be really shallow up in the pocket. So I think working the inside shoulder is actually going to be the quickest path to success as a rusher. This is very game within the game, like situational, like if we get a third and eight, right? But if I was the defensive line coach, I would prepare them like, hey, he oversets when he panics. So take advantage of that and go inside. Makes makes a ton of sense. That's kind of what I what I kind of saw a little bit was when watching the Bills game was it looks like the Bills rushers were they're doing something the Chiefs defensive line like to do against the Bengals and they're trying to you know rush to your typical landmarks and it, this every time you're just closing in behind Joe Burrow who's very comfortable sitting in a pocket no matter if it starts to get squeezed down he doesn't really care that much you have to actually get pressure on him so I I do think the matchups with the Jackson Carmen and Akeem Adinaji there you do have some avenues to put pressure on the inside shoulder and maybe force Burrow to be more uncomfortable so that's a good one to watch before we get you out of here I, I have to ask how how do you see this game going what I think the Bengals have now come back down to a one point favorite so it got up to two and a half now it's back down to one on DraftKings at the very least how do you see this game going and uh well, who would you pick you know knowing the Bengals are one point favorite it was two and a half Cincy? Yeah. It started out Chiefs, climbed all the way to two and a half Cincy being the favorite, and then now it's gone back to uh, it's Bengals minus one. Wow. Somebody put a lot of money on Cincy then to make it move. It was much. everyone. I think it was public and money. It was, yeah, the bet percentage and then like actual cash percentage. It was everything was coming in Cincy to, up until today, apparently. So right now it's Cincy minus one. Is that what you said? Yep. Yeah. So, God, this is so tough. <laughs> I I have picked the Chiefs virtually every single week. The, the one game that I can recall that I didn't pick them in like the last three months was against the Bengals. And it's for a reason. It's a very tough matchup. Very tough matchup. Personnel-wise, scheme-wise, everything. And it's already difficult enough when your quarterback has two legs, let alone one. I do think that the Chiefs have a very good chance. This whole, uh, this whole, you know, notion that the Bengals are going to blow them out is stupid. Like, no, they're not. It's going to be close. I think whoever wins, it's going to be less than three points, to be perfectly honest. But gun to my head, I'd probably take Cincy. It's just they are, they are the boogeyman. They are the boogeyman for this franchise. Straight up, like every year in the playoffs. Chiefs fans should be hoping that either Buffalo or Baltimore or the Chargers or Jacksonville or whoever picks off Cincy before they get to KC. 
because as of right now, it's the one team that I swear to God is built to beat them. And it's their nightmare matchup. And with an unhealthy Mahomes, it's it's even more of a nightmare. So I will take the Bengals barely, barely. But I'd be lying to you if I told you anything different. That's absolutely fair. I think uh, all three of these games, the Bengals have won the last three matchups. They've all been very close, three-point wins. And I think you really could in all of them essentially narrow it down to one big play that the Bengals made that the Chiefs did not. And I think that's the sign of two very evenly matched teams. If the Chiefs are able are coming up short on this one, I agree with you that then the Bengals are 100% kind of the boogeyman and you have to go into the offseason moving your thinking from how do we maintain being the best team or how do we hold off the Bills? And now it has to be, how do you go catch the Bengals? And I think that'll be a little bit of a mind shift for Chiefs fans and maybe even the organization. So, you know, hopefully you're incorrect, but I don't I don't like the track record now. You're picking the Chiefs games all correct and now you're coming in here telling me the Bengals. So this isn't good for me. I, I, I will say this. If, if... They beat the Bengals. They win the whole thing to me. Like, this is the toughest test, straight up. I I think, yeah, I would have agreed with that. If you told me that no matter what the AFC Championship game was coming into this year, before the season even started, I probably would have agreed with you. And starting the playoffs, I still, and I still agree now, right? Like, I think the AFC had the two, maybe three best teams. So, you know, I don't want to get too far over the skis here, but I I agree. This kind of like the, uh, how we all felt the Bills Chiefs game was a, pseudo super bowl last year this kind of has that same feeling now and the game hasn't even started yet yeah it's a good one and uh i i I know that i know that all of you guys are going to be watching eagerly while trying to do interviews at shrine bowl oh yeah not envy you (laughs) it's it's, it's a tough thing to do um and you know if they win we'll we'll go out we'll we'll get some drinks we'll celebrate if they lose we'll go out we'll get some drinks and try to try to forget Uh, Well, thanks as always for stopping in, Brett. I appreciate it. And then, yeah, I'm excited to see you here in a couple days. So uh, take it easy, travel safe, and then I'm going to see you here on Friday. Thank you for stepping in with us and uh, sharing your insights on this uh, Chiefs-Bengals matchup. See you guys soon. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. Plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou. By searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.